You're listening to The Path from The Last of Us, released June 14th, 2013, composed by Gustavo Santoalaya. What's up, BG Maniacs? Welcome to another episode of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show this week, he is the host of The Movie Bar, every month with the dyad. It's Bedroff. Hey, man. Hey, it's good to be back. It's It feels like it's been a while because, well, I guess it has. We we recorded those two episodes and then skipped a couple yeah, we weeks. and recorded back recorded... to back, and then, yeah, we, we did a yeah. lot of stuff back to back there for a bit. Yeah, it was crazy. It's it's been a month, dude. This Masters of EGM thing, it, it it took more out of me than I expected it to, but it was very rewarding. It was a lot of fun. It's over now, though. Well, maybe not. I don't know. Some people might still be uploading episodes. I have no idea. Actually. As we record, it is practically over. Um, there is I'm going to be releasing one episode on the Very Good Music thread that I'll explain in that episode. So keep your eyes peeled for bonus episode 11 of Very Good Music. And then there are a couple of other shows that are still going to be releasing like one full show. And then there was one guy who released like four one one composer episodes because he does shorter episodes overachiever so yeah he does shorter episodes so he did like one he was going to do one per week but he got behind so he's still doing his <laughs> but i think little scoop for bg mania listeners i think that his episode is going to put yuzo koshiro over the top by one vote which is the way it should be. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting on the top of Mount Rushmore, Yuzo Koshiro, the way it should be. I'm not 100% on that, but I'm pretty sure that's how it's going to be. Uh, the next full episode of Very Good Music is going to be a recap. So anybody who wants to kind of hear how all that played out, um, or if you have any of your own, like uh, Masters of EGM that you want to write in and say anything about, let me know. I'm at VGM Pod on Twitter. And uh, yeah, I'll play some of those selections on that recap episode heck yeah and go check out masters of for a complete list of every episode that went up during that month go yep. check it out it was it was a pretty cool deal yeah that's what i've been up to that's uh what else yeah. has been going on over here at rpg era uh not too much i got behind as well which is why our masters of egm episode didn't post when it should have uh, it was about a week or so late and then radio hour dropped a few days later and hopefully, recording this episode when we are, we'll be back on track. 
And speaking of that episode, before we get to it real quick, if you'd be so kind, head on over to Apple Podcasts or whichever app you've chosen to listen to us on and drop us a quick rating and a review. It really does help out in terms of visibility so that this show continues to grow. And remember, we are on Patreon now as well. Patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Had a couple new patrons over the last two weeks. Kind of weird. We don't usually get that many. Cool. Very Check cool. out our tiers. See what we're doing. And if you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continuing to listen to the episode says the upload each week works wonders as well. And of course, special shout out to current executive producers, Jexax and Zatku. So yeah, Bedroth, back together, and we are, we're, we're unplugging today. We are, we are unplugging, which, which feels pretty nice. It's, uh, you know, after, after a crazy month of running, 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 it's nice to kind of sit back and, and, you know, chill a little bit. Yeah. This episode's going to definitely be chill. It's titled Acoustic Vibes. And every track you're going to hear today is mostly acoustic. I think there there might be some liberties taken as we get further into the playlist. And it'll be, you know, some instruments in there as well besides just the acoustic guitar. But that was the that was kind of the guideline we set for each other when we uh, sat down to come up with the tracks we were going to play. The acoustic guitar just had to be the most dominant instrument in the track. Yeah, that was the way that I went for it, is the acoustic guitar had to be kind of the centerpiece. There may be one or another of my tracks where the lead is some other kind of string instrument, but it's uh, like a lyre or maybe a banjo or something like that. But I tried to listen closely for specifically guitar. So hopefully that's what we'll be getting. Anybody who has a better ear than I do. Yeah, feel yeah, free to cares, me. Right? I don't mind we, attention. We, we, we don't really care that much anyway, so we're just putting together it's a good playlist. It's all about the music, man. It's <laughs> gotta be exactly. good music. Gotta be very good music. <laughs> Wait, wrong podcast. Anyway. Um, yeah, so I, I, you know, putting putting together the playlist and when we were talking about it, I'm actually really excited to, to get into some of these tracks that we brought. Some of yours I'm familiar with, some of them I'm very familiar with. And some not so much. And I'm not sure. I know you're familiar with my opening track there, but I'm not sure if you're familiar with anything else I brought. If you aren't, you're in for a treat later on. Yeah, I mean, I do. I'm familiar with the Last of Us soundtrack. Just, you know, it's one of the one of the most celebrated in the VGM music scene. Um, I I'm pretty sure I've heard a couple of these other well, at least things from these other soundtracks on the show before. I don't know that I've heard any of these tracks specifically, but I am I am looking forward to it and uh, excited to hear, you know, what you've got to say on some of my tracks, uh, whether, you know, whether you've heard them before or not. I think yeah. I think you're going to dig them. I'm excited to hear what you uh, what you brought. Like I said, some I'm very familiar with, but others not so much. But let's go ahead and talk just a little bit about that opening track. So we had The Path from The Last of Us, the original Last of Us. And this was composed, of course, by Gustavo Santoalaya. Anytime I, I really think acoustic music in video games, my mind always generally goes to Gustavo and The Last of Us, right? Like a majority of his compositions for not only the original soundtrack, but also part two soundtrack they're very acoustic, very Spanish guitar in nature, but they're very acoustic and they really set the mood and the bleakness and the tone for what The Last of Us is actually portraying in the games. I actually have another track later on from The Last of Us Part 2, which makes me emotional every single time. And it's it's literally a cutscene, and, and you'll see what I'm talking about when we get to it. But um, 
I love this track. It's not my favorite from the original Last of Us soundtrack. We've probably played all of my favorite tracks from the original Last of Us on this podcast in the past, but I I do really like the path, and I do think it's an iconic piece of music from the soundtrack. Yeah, definitely. It's it's one of the ones that I that I know by name, uh, so I know that I've heard it before somewhere or other on on some show. Uh, and like you said, uh, maybe not Gustavo specifically because I'm not I'm not as as intimately familiar with his work. But when I think of the guitar, I do often think of that Spanish guitar. When you think of European string music, a lot of times it is the lute or the lyre. Of course, in uh, um, Japan uh, and India, you've got got different things we've talked about before. But the guitar. Uh, started out really as as a Spanish instrument, and it has kind of made its way into American music, sort of through. The, that's one of the areas that made it through, and so you'll hear a lot of callbacks to Spanish style chord structure and chord progression, even in a lot of modern acoustic. Uh, you'll definitely be hearing it again on this playlist, and there are definitely differences from that uh when you think of like americana uh folk music that's a really different style that i think probably goes traces its roots more to like the uh the irish and and gaelic sort of sort of style of stringed instrument but adopting the guitar because it was more prevalent around here and you'll hear a little bit of everything uh on on the playlist but I really, really dig the sound of acoustic guitar. I grew up with country and I grew up with rock with my dad's radio station. And one of my favorite genres now, which I think is also shared by uh, Kyle from the Media Files, is folk. is that folk Americana yep. folk, singer-songwriter sound. Yep. <laughs> Love it so much. That's a big favorite genre of his for sure. Um, what's always exciting to me about Gustavo is that he's not really a video game composer, right? He's only composed The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part Two in terms of video games. He's mostly a a film or TV miniseries composer. You're definitely familiar with... You know this dude has, like, Academy Awards and Golden Globe Awards and stuff. I am aware of that. I was actually working on an episode that unfortunately had to be backburnered, but an episode of um, a BGM journey with Alex Messenger. And we were talking about those kinds of composers, the ones who were more well-known for something outside of BGM, but who then sort of crossed over and released something that was specifically for a video game. Uh, you know, that goes all the way back to Masato Nakamura on the Absolutely. first Sonic soundtracks. Yeah. Yeah. Gustavo did the soundtrack for 2005's Brokeback Mountain and won an Academy Award for it. Yeah, I remember seeing that now. I saw that when I was researching for for that episode. That's and 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 man, great great soundtrack. That stuck with me longer than than some other aspects of the movie did. Was the soundtrack to Brokeback Mountain? The movie gets a lot of lot of lot of flack, dude. Like for for being you know what it's about. But I'm gonna tell you what, I like Brokeback Mountain. I think it's a great movie. Yeah. I was really impressed, and I was impressed with all the performances as well. Very strong movie. I think it's a great movie. Based on uh, a short story by Larry McMurtry, native of uh, native of Texas. No, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I might have that wrong. He might have just done the screenplay for it. It is based on a short story, and he is involved somehow. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, you, since I took the opening track there, you get our first block. 
Yeah, and I, I'm man. This is this is a really eclectic block of music. We've been using that word on the show a lot lately, but I can't think of a better one for this. This is a real grab bag coming up, <laughs> um, and uh, you know you'll hear a little bit of everything. But we're going to start off with something I'm really excited to bring. I love this soundtrack. It's so fun and funny and weird. It's quirky, dude. It's real quirky. Yeah, man. <laughs> Starting off my first block, we're going to be listening to cough drops from the game Neverhood. Released October 31st, 1996, and composed by Terry Scott Taylor. Next up, we have Small Hands Make Big Things from Planet Coaster, released November 17th, 2016, and composed by Jim Guthrie and J.J. Ibsen. Thank you. 
Last up in this first block, we have Tender People from Ease 1 and 2 Chronicles, released July 16th, 2009, composed by Mieko Ishikawa and arranged by Yukihiro Jindo. Right, and bringing this back in, we're talking about cough drops from Neverhood. I I could not stop laughing the whole time. Uh, What's your favorite this... flavor of cough drop? <laughs> oh, I'm I'm a I'm a honey kind of guy. I like honey cough drops. Me too. Yep. Yeah, I mm-hmm. like honey. Yep. Yep. I don't like cherry it's that good much. Stuff, man. No, no. I had a bad experience with a with a cherry cough drop when uh, I was younger. I didn't know that you were just supposed to suck on them, and I just chomped down, and at, that ruined cough drops for me for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but, but man, not, I don't think anything could ruin this song. This is no, this is just so, pure joy right it's here, dude. It's so fun, dude. It's, it's so, so fun, and fun. I, I love that you know everything for the Neverhood. Terry Scott Taylor is just making noises all throughout the music. And in this particular track, he's there coughing. He's showing the need for the cough drops, man. This reminds me a lot of, uh, I think it's got some of the same DNA of Christopher Rawls work on the Rayman soundtracks. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's It's got that weird, that sort of bizarre, but lighthearted, just bonkers humor uh, mixed in with some really, really well composed music. And 
I was, I'm not going to have a whole lot really to say about the games in my list because now looking at it, I don't think I've played any of them. (laughs) (laughs) So anything that you can say about the games themselves, awesome. Uh, We have talked about several of these games before, but um, I don't know much about this one. Every time I come across the Neverhood soundtrack on YouTube, it, it seems familiar to me, but... I think I might be getting the 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 character guy mixed up with uh, with some other character that I'm, okay. I'm trying to place. Well, I know the name of the character is Clayman, and he is a he is a claymation character. And this is a a point and click game, much in like the old Lucas Art style of point and click games. It, it's kind of styled after that. Um, I have played this game. I don't think I've ever finished this game. But Frank is a big fan of this series, or not even series. It's just the one game. But um, Frank's a big fan of this game. Man, there's some there's there are some soundtracks maybe that I, that we could have gone back to the Monkey Island soundtracks. Um, I'm sure there's got to oh, yeah. be some acoustic guitar somewhere in yeah, somewhere definitely. in the LucasArts repertoire. Definitely. But um, yeah, so I, that was a really fun fun way to bring it in. I wanted to start with that one because I I it. it I love like my whole playlist, but that's one of my favorites for sure. What's actually interesting because you were talking to me, I, I don't know what track, I think it was during your next track, we were discussing um, some sort of like Christian music or Christian rock music and yeah. acoustic music. But Terry Scott Taylor is the front man for Daniel Amos, which is an American Christian rock band. Huh. Well, small world. That's, that's cool. I didn't, I have been out of the, the in industrial Christian music, not like industrial music, but you know, the Christian well, I industrial I complex. I can't say that so I was long. ever in it. But. <laughs> oh, oh, I was in the nineties. That was like, it was either country or that. And um, that was, that was my whole thing. Um, but I actually, I, I, I do remember now um, it was um, Phil Keggy, Scott King, and some guy whose last name was Dente, who I think was uh, like part of a duo. Um, not, no, not al dente. Thanks. Um, a little less Italian. Um, but, uh, but, but the, they, they, they made sort of a, a one-time only super group. They just called themselves Keggy King and Dente. So if you, if you look that up, um, there is a, it's some of the, the track titles are like, um, Letters from Budapest, uh, 52 Days in June, uh, Perspicuity. It's some really weird titles, but but just some really, really cool acoustic guitar work, like three-part acoustic guitar work that the next track, since you mentioned it, um, reminds me of a lot. Uh, next track being another one from Planet Coaster, which we featured back on our Theme Parks episode. This was Small Hands Make Big Things, and it was one of uh, a couple of different tracks from this soundtrack that I almost brought um that I thought about bringing to this show. This is the one ultimately that won out. I love this track, dude. Obviously, I told you when we started listening to this that I'm kind of glad you've been exploring the soundtrack more and bringing pieces of music from it to episodes. It's such a good soundtrack for a theme park simulator, right? Like, it's it chill. For sure. And you can just get lost for hours listening to this type of music and just building roller coasters or building theme parks. Like, it's the perfect combination. And anybody who likes the, what we've played from this, and but is kind of daunted by the idea of going in and like diving into a whole soundtrack, this is not long. This is like like a regular like regular length album um, of soundtrack. It's uh, not going to be as big an investment as something like you know like Xenoblade or Ease or or a Chrono game. It's, yeah, it's not a hundred really, really tracks. Nothing like right. that. 
Yeah, I think there's like 15 tracks on the album, so. And I think last time we talked about Planet Coaster, we we talked about like the folk influence that the soundtrack really does have. I know mm-hmm. Kyle's listening. He's going to love this one. I think we said that last time, too. Yeah, I think we did. <laughs> I think we did. And yeah, I like it because it is it definitely has that folk influence, but it's also, you know, it's got all the modern trappings of like lo-fi sort of trap uh, that really zone out kind of it's it's like it's it's the closest you're going to get to acoustic lo-fi. It's 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 really right. good stuff. I wonder if that's a genre. Jeff, let us know. I don't know. Yep. There you go. <laughs> yeah, he's always correcting us on the genres we use here on the show. <laughs> But yeah, what um, then the uh, the next track? I know you I knew you oh, would probably yeah. be familiar with it because you I know that, you know, this soundtrack back, back oh, yeah. and forward. Oh, Tender yeah. people from Ease one and two Chronicles. Oh, yeah. What a great piece of music, dude. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm a bigger fan of the stuff that Yuzo Koshiro composed for Nihon Falcom and specifically Ease. But you really can't go wrong with anything from the Ease series, dude. You really can't. Like, it's all excellent. And this particular re-release of Ease 1 and 2 was was put out in 2009. Um, it sounds so much crisper and cleaner than it obviously did back in the day, right? Like more modern technology, modern sounds. But I really paid attention when listening this time. I, I you know, I'm familiar with the soundtrack, like you said, front and back. But I really paid attention to this song as we were listening to it. And those bells or chimes or whatever that keep popping up in the background every so often, just kind of oscillating up and down, really does have some big Final Fantasy Nobuo Uematsu influence in there. Yeah. Yeah, you and I were talking about uh, the instrumentation and about sort of the DNA of this track. I mentioned that some of it, especially where the horn comes in, reminds me of the uh, the Grandia soundtracks by, that was uh, Noriyuki Iwadare, right? Noriyuki Iwadare, yep. Yeah, yeah. Also fantastic composer. But Absolutely. Is yeah, he on the those, list? Is he, those, is he a master of EGM? He did not make the cut like ever and i'm sure that he was a lot of people's like fifth choice or something or like if you'd caught him on a different day he would have been but <laughs> uh I, i'm gonna mention a couple of my honorable mentions on that episode and i may play a track or two um he is definitely one of mine yeah he, he deserves to be there yeah man man what a what a great composer and but yeah i, I really think the acoustic guitar again um on on this track is really the star of the show. Not only does it kind of start things out, setting the tone, but then when it comes back in about a minute and a half in and just sort of takes over the lead, it's just, it's played it's so well. It's beautiful. Um, I, I grew up listening to my dad kind of pick around on his guitar and he had played guitar for years uh, in bands and stuff like that. And so he really knew his way around the fretboard. And sometimes I would sit and just listen to him sort of, you know, when he was bored, he would just pick, get the guitar out and sort of pick for maybe sometimes up to an hour. And uh, it was cool. It was cool. And th- that kind of like guitar, you know, the, the, the pick, the, the, the plucking work that was happening on this track reminds me of some of what he would do. So. My dad was similar. My dad was always in and out of like local bands in Ohio when I was growing up. But he wasn't a guitarist. He was a drummer. So I would always just and that's ah, why cool. I got into playing drums. And, you know, I, I don't play anymore, but I used to play drums often um i do want to get another electric kit i think um just to mess around with because i do miss playing the drums but um i would just sit and listen to him play for hours man that reminds me of that yeah that's really cool and 
I was a I was a drummer and a percussionist in the band, but I don't know what it is. Maybe the coordination. I could never find my way around a trap set. My dad was my dad was really pretty good at pretty much any instrument he picked up, and so he kept trying to teach me how to play the drums. Yeah, <laughs> and so I, I, he kept trying to teach me how to play the drums, and I would always overthink it too much, and I, I couldn't do it. But man, you get me behind a behind like a marimba or a xylophone i could go to town on those <laughs> my biggest issue with the drums was like getting my feet to move in different orders right like with the bass drum mm-hmm. and the hi-hat and i i always struggled with that and i still struggle with that to this day i still struggle with that a lot of times i just leave the hi-hat closed because it's easier for me and just double bass pedal it up yep that was that was my thing uh i I kept like I would try to control every single individual part instead of just kind of letting it flow and playing what felt right. You know, it just couldn't get out of my head. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of things you can't get out of your head, um, what kind of songs do you have coming up in, the, in our next block here? What do you got? I think you're really going to enjoy this block. It's it's definitely a very all of these tracks sound somewhat similar, except for the middle track. Uh, and even then, it sounds kind of similar. You're going to hear a lot of, like, the, the guitar work. It's going to, you know, it has a certain sound to it, which acoustic guitars generally do. But I think you're really going to like this, especially the middle track. So let's check this out. We're going to kick things off with Seta, C-E-T-A. I think that's pronounced Seta from RimWorld. This was released on October 17th, 2018, and it was composed by Alistair Lindsay.
Up next is In the Flame from Pyre, released July 25th, 2017, composed by Darren Korb, with vocals by Ashley Barrett and Darren Korb. When the stars align, the rights shall come to bear. Illuminate the signs, the exiles shall be. up in this block we're going to take a listen to castle in the mist from eco released september 14th 2001 composed by michiro oshima Thank you. 
coming back in, we are talking about Seta from RimWorld. Again, this was composed by Alistair Lindsay. I love this track, dude. I really do. And I actually really enjoy this game. This is a game that I actually own on Steam. It is basically a colony simulator where you're okay. trying to survive on this planet that kind of is Earth-like, but not really. And you can pick various areas or pretty much any area of the world to start your colony in, right? And based on where you pick the location, it changes what happens to you or your colony. And the game, it's more of like a a narrative experimentation type of a thing where you never really know what's going to happen. Like stories just generate at random um, all these different like psychology events and natural disaster events and climate events, different other colonies that are trying to, you know, take over your land. Like all this stuff is just generated at random. And the soundtrack is very chill, right? For something that like it, it fits because you're on this planet that you really don't know a ton about. You're really trying to do the best that you can and you have this chill acoustic guitar dominating a good chunk of the of the tracks that are actually in the game and what Alistair Lindsay who is somebody that I'm not really familiar with right outside of RimWorld I can't really say what else he's worked on just off the mm-hmm. top of my head and looking him up as we talk about it um I don't know what all of these games, like what he did in these games, but he does have credits on Jet Force Gemini, um, has some credits on Roller Coaster Tycoon 3, going back to Planet Coaster, and Thrillville Off the Rails, which is currently free on uh, Xbox Games with Gold for the month of July. And also, oh, I was going to say he has credits on Rare Replay, but that's because of Jet Force Gemini being included in there. But most recently, he did uh, Bubsy Paws on Fire. Back in 2019. Oh wow, that's uh, you know, triple <laughs> A leading triple A game right there, Bubsy. Yeah, right there. Don't let Frank Bubsy. here talk about Bubsy. He hates Bubsy. <laughs> the only thing I, uh, I I never really got around to any Bubsy games. The only thing I know for sure is that uh, Rob Paulson um, is the voice of Bubsy, one of the one of the legendary voice actors out there. If you don't know him, Google his name and you'll you'll recognize like all the characters. It's great stuff. But this is a really cool track, man. And the game sounds like one that I would I would sink an ungodly amount of hours into. Oh, dude, that's I like those every, like, there's like so survival many people sim. that just hours upon hours of just random messing around and just seeing what'll happen, right? Because that's what the whole entire game is about. Yep. This is one of the games that if if I had had not gotten married and had basically just video gamed myself to death, <laughs> this is this is one of the games that would have uh, you know would have cut years off my life because I would just sit and just play and not sleep or eat. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But I love the, and, I love you know, the, the music would keep me there too. It. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I love the the picking and the plucking of the strings on this track. It sounds really like it, it sounds different, but it still sounds really clean and really fluid. And there are hints every now and then throughout the track where like the electric guitar kind of just peeks in, makes a noise or two and then fades back out. This is a really cool yep. track. Yeah, it's good stuff. And I really I always like the authenticity of that sound of of a finger sliding up and down a string. Oh, yeah. It's really, really cool stuff. Absolutely. Really like it a lot. Absolutely. 
And then my middle track comes from Pyre. We are talking about In the Flame, again, composed by Darren Korb and featuring vocals by Darren Korb. And the, the other girl that's doing harmonies in there with him is Ashley Barrett. I put this on here for Kyle, a lot mostly. Of the, does a lot of the female vocals on Korb's work, Yes, right? she does. Yes, she does. Yep. Yeah. And I put this in here mostly for Kyle because I know Darren Korb is one of his favorite, if not all-time favorite, composer. But this track, dude, seriously, probably my favorite from the Pyre soundtrack. And Pyre is a, a fun game. It's like a like a visual novel, but also a, like an RPG. Um, it, it's a yeah, different it's style different of game. From, yeah, it's a different style of game from the other ones that he and uh, and the Super Giant like Bastion, team have done. Transistor, that kind of stuff, right? So. Bastion, Bastion, Transistor, and Hades. You can tell are all kind of cut from the same cloth, but this one. This one seems to be different. I'm glad you brought this, though, man. I uh, I love a good vocal track, and this is definitely a good vocal track. It's so great. They're, the harmonies and everything, all their, their voices are just so haunting. And the guitar, of course, really, really lends itself to that. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, this is an excellent track. Probably one of the one of my favorite, if not my favorite track that I actually brought to the episode today for my seven picks. I just love the layout of this track, the way that it transitions back and forth from the vocals to the music. The vocals, like you said, they are so haunting. They are they really do give me goosebumps when listening to it. And they utilize that like classic music trope where they like, you know, all sound stops and they come back in. I love that, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I like it. This uh, this is one of my favorites of the episode so far. It also is kind of a nice sort of uh, sort of teaser, like a taste of the the track that I brought to close us out on the episode. Ooh, I think nice. that they're they're very similar uh, in in sort of tone and feel. So really cool, really cool. I'm excited to uh, to get to that closeout track because I know what you're talking about, and I love that piece of music too. It's <laughs> so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, obviously there is other instruments in this track as well, right? Like there's definitely a strong drum line in there. There's a nice bass going throughout the track, but that acoustic guitar, well, I would actually probably say the vocals are the, are the shining star of this track, <laughs> but the acoustic guitar really is the, the centerpiece instrument that's being featured. Yeah. Yeah. Instrumentally, it's carrying most of the weights. Absolutely. And I like, um, I like the, the sort of rapid strums that he does come back and forth. Those, those trills that he'll bring in. Oh yes, dude. It's so good. That really leads in, I think to, um, to what I, some of the, some of what I liked most about your last track of this block. Yeah. So those trills are, are definitely easy to spot and they, they persist all throughout the last track that I brought, which is Castle in the Mist from Eco. Again, this was composed by Michiro Oshima. First of all, I love Eco. I love Team Eco. Although Team Eco doesn't exist anymore, they are now known as uh, Gen Design, which Gen Design is still around. They still exist. That Gen Design is the one that actually finished uh, the Last Guardian for Team Eco. So the uh, the big studio head behind Team Eco, Fumitu uh, Ueda who came up with, you know, Shadow of the Colossus and Eco and eventually The Last Guardian. I love all three of those games. Probably Shadow of the Colossus is my favorite of the three, but um, I've always been a big fan of, of their work and what they do because they're so different, right? Like, these games are cult classics. Like, they're not super popular, but they are definitely cult classics. And this guitar, you mentioned it when we were listening to it. It has, like, a... 
a non-stereotypical Arabian feel to it, which I totally agree with you on. It's so gorgeous, dude. And I think what I'm hearing there, the style of play is really is really Mediterranean. Um, it's hard to place if it's Italian or Spanish or French, but it's all kind of kind of in that zone. I think what what is making me think Arabian here is that everything is just just very slightly off. It's not quite a quarter tone off, but it's just not quite in tune uh, very intentionally. And even like the strings sound like they may be um, a little loose and it's just, it's a really, really cool sound. Like it feels like it sets the tone that this world is old and lived in and that there's a real air of mystery to it. Which is exactly what Eco is. I don't know if you've played Eco, but that's exactly what Eco is, right? Like... It has its own mysteries. It's this world that you can tell has existed for quite some time. And you really are just trying to lead this other character, Yorda, who is this girl that you find. And, you know, this captive girl who speaks a different language. And you are basically helping her escape and stay free from these shadow-like creatures that are attacking you or trying to attack you all throughout the game. Um, the castle is one of the, the centerpiece locations in Eco, and this track playing in the background just, dude, it's the perfect, I know I said this before, uh, with The Last of Us earlier, but it's the perfect combination. It really sets the tone for this, like, desolate area that, you know, there, there's some danger here and there's some mystery and the music portrays that so well. Yeah, that's, I haven't played Eco. I uh, have heard it described before, but it's, it's been a while. So yeah, I was going purely based on the music there. So it is apparently doing what it was designed to do. Does its <laughs> job. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I love this track. I love the series. Like I said, everything that Team Eco does, all of their soundtracks are great as well. If you like this, go check out the rest of Eco's soundtrack. Go check out Shadow of the Colossus, which probably has the best soundtrack of the three. And then Last Guardian's pretty damn good too. So go check all three of those out. Yeah, I've heard great things about, about all three games. So, And I like that this is a Japanese track in a Japanese studio because your next entire block is all Japanese. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And some, uh, at least a couple of familiar names here coming up in this block. Um, we're coming back around to start out the block to Yasunori Mitsuda, who we featured last time yeah, on shout out to Shoot the Kapow. Masters of EGM episode. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Shoot brought, uh, oh Windy. gosh, was it Wind Scene? Yeah. Yeah, the Wind, wind Scene from, from Chrono Trigger, which is one of probably the standout tracks of the soundtrack. If there is another track that I think is kind of synonymous, though, that everybody knows from the Chrono Trigger soundtrack, it's Corridors of Time, the theme that plays when you're walking around the Kingdom of Zeal. And the track that we're going to be listening to is based very heavily on Corridors of Time. Uh, if, like me, you have not played Chrono Cross, but you played the hell out of Chrono Trigger, you will re will recognize this tune. It's a tune. It's, uh, Mitsuda on Mitsuda. So starting out my uh, my next block, we are going to be listening to Chronomantic from Chrono Cross, released August 15th, 2000, and composed once again by Yasunori Mitsuda.
This is Kyle, and one day you can be too. Every Friday, I host what is soon to be your favorite podcast, The Media Files. Me and one of my best friends talk about pop culture happening so that you don't look like an uncultured swine during those boring water cooler conversations. Laughs are shared, tears are cried, and sometimes we have really interesting special guests that you might be familiar with. Download The Media Files wherever you download podcasts, and remember, be kind, be honest, and we'll see you later. Next up, we have Passionate Rhythm from Romancing Saga Menstrual Song, released October 11th, 2005, composed by Kinji Ito, featuring Tsuyoshio Sekito on guitar and Kyoko Kishikawa on vocals. And finally, we have Patience, the live version from Kodalka, released June 29th, 2000, composed by Hiroki Kikuta and arranged by Naoya Akimoto.
right, coming back in, we are first discussing Chronomantic from Chrono Cross. Now, I already mentioned that this is based on Corridors of Time, which uh, may be my favorite, like, actual title, like the words <laughs> in the title from Chrono Trigger. It's a really cool name, uh, based on the Kingdom of Zeal. And um, this is a really, really cool, not really even an arrangement, it's more a reimagining of that central melody with a lot of cool instrumentation. Uh, do you know where in Chrono Cross this track features? I do not. I do not remember. That would be, that would be I've, interesting I've to look up. I've played Chrono Cross once back when it released on the original PlayStation. I do know that that re-release came out earlier this year. I do own it. It is something that I want to get to eventually. I wonder if this track was part of the ones that was like redone for the soundtrack. I bet it was. I know they redid a lot of them. But um, I could not tell you what part of the game it takes place in. It's been so long. Well, if you know, let us Sean know. Sean probably does. Yeah, Sean, tell us, man. Let us know. Yeah, Sean's because a big fan I, of this I, game. I'd be curious. I know I know enough about the story of Chrono Cross that I could probably make sense of whatever you tell me. But, man, I just, I, I love, I love all the instruments here. Of course, the strings take uh, that, that plucked instrument, which we think is a guitar. Could be something else. You never really know with Mitsuda, but... Uh, it, it takes center stage, but you also have some really cool woodwind and percussion work that is just sort of sort of layered throughout Chrono Cross and just I can't get enough of this this soundtrack. It it may be my favorite soundtrack to a game I have not played. <laughs> <laughs> I know uh I know Mitsuda worked on this game after he already went freelance, right? So uh, Masato Kato yeah. actually like personally commissioned Mitsuda to actually work on this game because he had already left Square Enix at the time and there was no other composer that could have done what Mitsuda did for the soundtrack right and keeping that same chrono trigger sound that he he really developed on the SNES and what and and I hear this and I, and I'm mentioning this specifically because I hear this in this track. We've even we even talked about it when we were listening to it a little bit. But um, Masato Kato envisioned this particular soundtrack having a very southeastern Asian feel, mixed with foreign tones of countries such as Greece. Yeah, Greece definitely a lot of uh, a lot of Irish influence and. It's, I think, I, I don't remember where it was. I heard it somewhere recently that it's like the guy from Chrono Trigger took took a trip to Europe and just kind of toured around and listened to a bunch of folk music and said, man, I'm going to do that shit and came back and put it all <laughs> in, the, in the sequel soundtrack. <laughs> but so good. it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's really, really good stuff. And I, I love all the instrumentation and it's it's really cool that I mean I said well of course what else are you gonna do but so often people I feel like they really don't uh, care as much about uh, maybe about something that they would consider a detail of the game experience like the music but for Masato Kato to realize how central to the Chrono Trigger experience that music was is is really something special and I'm I'm glad that that Mitsuda was brought back to. Uh, to you know to follow up what a lot of people consider to be his greatest work yep just give us the third game square you're putting out valkyrie elysium later this year and i don't know if it looks good i just watched <laughs> the trailer it's coming out in september it looks okay radical dreamers doesn't count <laughs> radical dreamers does not count we need the continuation of chrono chrono break where art thou 
right? Uh, but, you know, you also mentioned that you think my next track comes from a game that is one of the ones in its series that has not been released in the States, but that we think is coming soon. Romancing Saga Minstrel Song. Uh, that is uh, that is minstrel like uh, the guy who walks around playing the instrument, not not the other not the other word that sounds like that. Correct. Uh, yeah, passionate rhythm, and man, it is. It's uh, very passionate, very rhythm, <laughs> very good named song. Yeah, I did confirm this actually did not release in North America. It, it just was in Japan on PlayStation Two, but a remastered version of it is coming to Nintendo Switch later this year. Very cool, man. And I'm I'm looking forward to uh, even if only the soundtrack. I I've heard people talk about Romancing Saga. I don't know much about it. Have you ever played any of the Romancing Saga games? I've played the Saga Frontier games, which is part of the Saga overarching story and, and this the saga timeline is is very jumbled and crazy right it starts with the final fantasy legend in 1989 goes on to final fantasy legend 2 and 3 and then kicks off to romancing saga and romancing saga 2 and 3 then okay, turns into saga yeah. frontier 1 and 2 then unlimited saga <laughs> yeah okay that's then, i remember just, this has come keeps up going crazy on, yeah it keeps getting it gets yeah. crazy and crazier from there this has come up on one playlist or another for me before because all of that is sounding very familiar but man this this is the surprise sort of dark horse contender for my favorite track of the episode I, okay i love this I, I had i had kind of forgotten about it after i added it to the playlist because i listened to it enough to know okay this is good and it's really unique so i'm gonna throw it on the playlist and then i didn't listen to it again after that um and yeah this really really again unique track compared to everything else on right. the show and there's a big reason that i haven't played any of the romancing saga games because all of those were locked to Japan until somewhat recently. Like, the first Romancing Saga didn't actually release uh, in North America until the PS2 remake in 2005. And then Romancing Saga 2 didn't make it over here until the iOS, Android, PlayStation, Vita version in 2016. Like, the, that, that part of this timeline never really made it out of Japan. Saga Frontier did, right? Like, that actually released on the original PlayStation a year after it came out in Japan, which is why I played 1 and 2. But um, I'm actually probably going to play this remastered version when it comes out on the Switch. I'm familiar with the soundtracks, but I'd love to hear more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially this man. I mean that the the guitar, of course. We we had a we had a little bit of trouble with uh, some of the credits on this one. I They're actually all over recorded the place. our little. They're all over I, the place. I, I recorded our little lead in three times. A uh, little peek <laughs> behind the curtain there. Um, you did find out while we were listening that this track was most likely composed by Kenji Ito, which really it makes sense. It after makes you sense said when that. you hear it, and yeah, it's mm -hmm. totally his style. Yeah. The person we thought originally was responsible for the composition, uh, Tsuyoshi Sakito, is actually the guitarist on this track, which, man, man, what, what like, hats what dexterity. Off, yeah, hats, hats off. off. <laughs> really great stuff. And that vocalist, uh, Kyoko Kishikawa, um, similar range, I think, and similar quality of her voice to, uh, to Lynn from the Persona 5 soundtrack. Yes, I was actually thinking that. I was thinking, like, her vocals reminded me a lot of 
you know, some of the some of the stuff that Shoji Megaro had done for Persona 5 and also even reminds me some of like the the styling of what you can hear in Keiichi Okabe's stuff for Nier. Yep. Yeah. It's it is I I said all the words. It's I just Out really, of words really, to describe this excellent piece of music. <laughs> really like this track and then and then we take kind of um, a little bit of a 180 into a slower much more much more pensive I love that sort you of brought this sound. back dude because this was a real cool find back in our Kakuda composer appreciation episode. I love that you brought this back. Yeah, I I found this track while I was um preparing for that episode and by that time you had put the acoustic episode on sort of the yeah, outlying the uh, list and so it was on the calendar and so I was like I'm going to save this for that episode <laughs> and I put it on my playlist and uh, once again this was updated or uploaded to YouTube by Gene Draband of the Pixelated Audio podcast and they actually as we're recording this they just recently released their Masters of VGM episode nice. and uh, they actually brought Kakuta as one of their one of their masters, which I think was only the second time he was mentioned, but I was glad he got a couple of mentions. He deserves um, it, right? We talked about yeah, that. Like, for sure. He's very, very, very eccentric, but he definitely deserves his place for especially what he did on, on the Mana series. And they agreed with us that uh, that Kikuda's um, sort of background in philosophy and religion really you can tell because his music is very thoughtful in that way. It's 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 very exploratory. It kind of takes you on a journey. And uh, Gene's co-host Brian is the one who actually picked something from Kudoka, and he he thought it was funny because he found the song, and then he looked up the person who had uploaded it, and it was his co-host. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so if you want to want to hear another one, go over and uh, and check that episode out. But this is another one where the soundtrack is not super huge, and it's it's really really unique. It may be one of Kakuda's most unique soundtracks. Which this is, is one of the something. more this is one of the more emotional pieces of music I think we have on the episode today too. Outside of my next track that is going to kick off the next mm-hmm. block, like this is really emotional. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It, it, it bears repeat listening, which I think a lot of these tracks do. Uh, acoustic guitar, just there's something special about it. Uh, it's this, you know, instrument made, you know, of wood that really just uses the sound of, of the air to amplify it. It's just it's there's something about the guitar that can really take you places that I think sometimes, not always, but sometimes when you add electrical amplification and distortion, it can sometimes get in the way of that experience. Absolutely. You got to unplug sometimes, man. Like we, like we mentioned right, when man. we came in. Gotta that unplug. is right. Well, speaking of your next block. Yeah. What are so we going to be starting out with? Let's go ahead and we, we've got one block left and then our closeout. I don't think there was anything else I was going to mention about this. I'm, I was sitting here thinking, like, did I have anything else I wanted to say? The only thing that came to mind is it was kind of funny after we did the Our Masters of EGM episode. Akira Yamioka wasn't on the list at all. And now he's got three votes, which is amazing, um, which is well deserved as well. But um, we are going to kick to my last block. And the first track of this block is not like a traditionally composed song for the soundtrack, right? So this particular scene takes place partway through the game, not super deep into the game, but partway through the game. And Ellie, the lead character of The Last of Us Part 2, who is voiced by Ashley Johnson, is actually picking up 
an acoustic guitar and starts playing a cover of Take On Me by AHA. So, so let's go cool, ahead man. and take a listen <laughs> to Take On Me, a cover of AHA by Ashley Johnson from The Last of Us Part 2. This released on June 19th, 2020, and again, performed by Ashley Johnson. Take on 
Up next, we'll be taking a listen to Gathering Wood from The Flame in the Flood, released February 24th, 2016, composed and performed by Chuck Reagan. Closing out this block, we'll be taking a listen to Gene's Rockabye from God Hand, released October 10th, 2006, composed by Masafumi Takada.
Second, we are talking about a cover of Take On Me, originally done by AHA, this one being performed by Ashley Johnson as Ellie in The Last of Us Part Two. Every time, dude, I get so teary-eyed every time I see this scene. Um, I've only played through The Last of Us Part Two once, right? I generally only play through video games once, but I tend to re-watch certain scenes and certain moments that really left a... An impact on me, I guess, the best way to say that on YouTube. And this is one of those scenes because what's happening here is that, you know, you're traveling around and not giving any spoilers. I know the game's been out for like two years now, but I'm still not going to spoil anything. But Ellie comes across this acoustic guitar in this like abandoned building. And the acoustic guitar is something that plays a very pivotal role in The Last of Us Part Two. Because Joel actually played the acoustic guitar and taught Ellie how to play. So one of the mechanics of this game, and you can see it right when this video starts, right? There's that like wheel selection with a bunch of chords on it. So you can literally just use the touchpad on the DualSense and just strum up and down to literally play the acoustic guitar. What Naughty Dog did here is phenomenal. And if you actually look up on YouTube, like covers of songs performed in The Last of Us, there are some people that literally perfected how to play almost every song that exists in this fuck. Damn it, we don't, I don't swear on this show. <laughs> I've already broken that rule too. <laughs> this music is just too good. It's insane. I know. <laughs> it's insane how talented the developers were with like programming the electric, or no, I'm sorry, acoustic guitar, I'm still thinking of that last track we're going to play out with, um, insane how they performed and, and made this work so well to where the touchpad literally is like the strings and where you touch on the touchpad on the DualSense, it actually mimics the individual strings. So if you get really good with it, it's absolutely incredible. But Ellie, That's cool, man. or Ashley Johnson more specifically, performing this cover of Take On Me it's so emotional, right? And the way that it was done in this scene, it's not perfect, right? Her vocals are choppy, but they're meant to be choppy, right? And they, like, there's muting on the strings and, like, not everything is played perfectly because Ellie is not perfect on the guitar. So everything just makes so much sense. But this is such a powerful moment and really, it's just so well done. I love this so much. Yeah, man. I, uh, of course, I, I know take on me. I'm not super up on popular music, but I, uh, I am alive. So <laughs> I did hear that song. Uh, when I think of covers from The Last of Us, the one that just really always gets me is, well, The Last of Us 2 is um, their cover of Wayfaring Stranger. Yep. Like I said to you when we were listening to this, Troy and Ashley together are just a magical combination, dude. Which Wavering Stranger is one of my favorite songs anyway. Um, back when, back when I was evangelical, of course, what it meant to me was that I was, you know, here on borrowed time, but really I belonged to the kingdom of God, and that's where I was going to go someday. And since I've sort of, I guess the popular term is deconstructing, since I've kind of gone through that, I find myself sort of adrift between these two like big camps because I'm not really conservative or liberal, and I'm not really fully Christian or 
fully agnostic. I'm kind of in that mystical place in between. <laughs> and so Wavering Stranger, it, it hits it hits a new chord with me these days. But that version has become my favorite version. The one that uh, Joel so, and Ashley so sing. God Last it's of Us. So yeah. haunting. It's, it's so, so good. Yeah. But yeah, I know this is a tradition. I know this is not a traditional pick, right? It's not really like on the soundtrack or anything, but I had to include this because it's one of my favorite moments from The Last of Us Part Two. And when I think acoustic guitar, like I said at the beginning of the show, I tend to think of The Last of Us because it is such a dominant instrument, not only in the soundtrack, but in part two, it's it's a pivotal mechanic of the game. So really, really cool. And I know they're re-releasing The Last of Us as Last of Us Part 1 later this year on September, uh, September 9th, I think it is. And that game doesn't really need a remake or a re-release, but I'm going to play <laughs> I've it. I've heard a lot of people I'm gonna saying, play it again. I have saying to. that, yeah. It's, I, it's, it's, on, it's on my list. It's way up there on the to-do list. At some point, I will get around to The Last of Us and The Last of Us 2. Yeah, you're in for a ride when you do, man. They are such great stories. Naughty Dog really knows what the hell they're doing. They really do. Yeah. Uh, but that middle track I brought I is am... now your favorite one of the episode. <laughs> I am ready to talk about this track, dude. I I think so. Is this the game where you're like riding on a raft up the river? Yep. <laughs> OK, yes. I played the demo of this game and it, it was it was hard as nails. It was like frustratingly hard. But but I remember listening to some of the soundtrack and I, I guess I don't know if I just never got to this track or if I hadn't heard it like in this context, because, you know, like when you hear a song has a lot to do with what the song means to you. Correct. And on this playlist, uh, this, uh, I mean, you said that, that when we were listening, man, this is like like the stuff you were telling me you listened to growing up. And yeah, it's like this perfect sort of mix of just Southern gospel, country, bluegrass, soul. It's this is like Delta music right here. It's good stuff. And there is an artist who uh, I earlier when we were listening to the song from Pyre, when I think we were off air, I mentioned an artist named Matthew Perryman Jones, who reminded me of, of Darren Corb's performance in, in the, or Darren Corb's performance rather, reminded me of Matthew Perryman Jones. There's an artist who I'm going to put in kind of a similar category. His name is Drew Holcomb. Uh, his band is called The Neighbors. So Drew Holcomb and The Neighbors um, wrote this song by Chuck Reagan uh, from, uh, from, in the fire and flame and sorry in the fire and flood wow anyway, i was gonna say in the fire and the flames me. that's dragon force <laughs> that's different yeah. that's through the fire and the flames <laughs> yep yeah Th this song reminded me though of drew holcomb and the neighbors so if you like some of this stuff a couple of artists to check out they are i would say they're christian-ish they're christian adjacent they are not evangelical by any stretch but if you know like Christian myth and Christian scripture, then there's going to be some deep cuts sort of laced in their music. But really, it's just good Southern influenced singer songwriter stuff. And uh, yeah, man. But I, yeah, I loved I loved this track. His voice, the, the performance, so good, man, his voice is so, so good. good. Chuck Reagan, he's the uh, the vocalist on that track. He's also the composer behind this game. But he is the, obviously a singer-songwriter, but he's the guitarist and main vocalist of the band Hot Water Music, which is a, a post-hardcore band, actually, which is kind of wow. crazy. Um, you know, I could hear that voice. Oh, know? yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, And you know sure. what his voice really reminds me of a lot? Bob Seger, to an extent. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, 
Bob Seger. Love Bob. One Seger. of my dad's favorites. One of my dad's he, favorite he too. Always plays. Yep, absolutely. Always plays some Seger on his on his radio show. My every dad Saturday, was a massive so. fan of Bob Seger, and I am too for that reason. Oh yeah, I love love me some Seger. Um, one of the first times, actually, the very the the most recent time. It's been a few years now. Um, that I did karaoke, I sang uh, Seeger's version of Turn the Page. And I mixed in some of the Metallica influence because I really like that cover. It's but, a great cover. Man, but it's a fantastic song. And it was a lot of fun. I really leaned into it and sort of chewed <laughs> on that one for a bit. But but man, uh, we've got tonight Katmandu, of course, Like a Rock, even though it's like, it's a meme older than the internet, but still Hollywood it's great. Nights, man. Night moves. Hollywood Come Nights, on now. Yeah. Oh, Night Moves. Yeah, all that great, great stuff. Good Silver stuff. Bullet Band. I've not played The Flame and the Flood. I know it initially came out on Xbox. It's eventually released everywhere else, but I've not actually played this game, but I love this soundtrack. Chuck Reagan, I mean, it's this is not even the only vocal track on the soundtrack. Like, there's some really good stuff on this actual OST, and it, it all sounds like this. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I have a feeling this episode might send a lot of people on a lot of deep dives. I hope so. That's that's one of the reasons we do this stuff, right? I hope so. That's right. Helping people discover more VGM, man. Explore what's out there because there's so much good stuff out there. So much good content. Explore what's out there. Yeah. Give these composers the recognition they deserve. Your last track in this block is also really good stuff. Very different, but but really good stuff. Yeah, and you called me out on it, which I knew you were going to do, right? This isn't actually... <laughs> An well, acoustic if I track. It, somebody would have. Yeah, Jeff would have, or somebody <laughs> would have. I mean, I would have called myself out because I know that this is not really an acoustic guitar. This is actually an electric guitar with that surfer rock vibe to it. But mm-hmm. the way that it's played in this particular track, it sounds like an acoustic guitar. And you even mentioned if you were to play this on acoustic guitar, it would sound very similar. I think it would sound almost identical. Like, it's not much different from what you get with an acoustic guitar. If you played it on an amplified acoustic, which is, you know, which some people would say is cheating anyway, but I don't care. Yeah. I cheated <laughs> picking this track. That's yeah. for damn sure. But it's it's good stuff, man. And that, that guitar is is super central to the experience and a really great way to finish out that last block. It's it's fun after coming off a couple of heavier, heavier it's songs. It's a lot of fun, and that's what really God Hand is, right? So I know Frank has brought in a few tracks from the game to previous episodes of BG Mania when he was on here. Um, this was actually done by Masafumi Takada, who I know is quite popular in the, uh, the video game music scene. He's got some really obscure stuff out there, but some really popular stuff too, right? I mean, he did the Danganronpa series, which I absolutely love. Like, I love a lot of the stuff that he's worked on. And um, this track is just, it's so weird. And it fits this game, which is a very weird Japanese beat-em-up. It's a very weird game, but it fits so well. Yeah, it's... I can't think of much else to say about it. It's just, it's good stuff. And this is uh, two weeks in a row. I think that we've had some like surfer rock on the show. Yeah, I I don't. I was thinking that same thing that I was thinking about how surf rock, you know, pops up in video games. I can't remember what track it was, though, on the Masters of EGM list that had that surfer rock vibe to it. But it definitely did come up for sure. Oh, it absolutely did. I just don't remember... What uh, what act? And I'm looking at the playlist to see if it sticks out to me to like to see if I can figure out which track it was, 
because I remember we talked about it, but I just don't remember which one it was. Steam Gardens. Yeah, was that's that. what it was. It was Steam Gardens. It was. Yeah. it was Steam Gardens for sure. That's what it was. But yeah, I've heard. I remember Surf Rock. I think I remember it from one of the the Rayman games, Rayman Legends, or something like that. And uh, Cool Spot, of course, an early early take. <laughs> way back in the day. Way back cool in the day. Cool Spot had some Surf Rock influence. Absolutely, it did. But... <laughs> I mean, the, the cover art of the game is is the freaking logo or character just riding on a surfboard. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but this has been a lot of fun, man. I really enjoyed this episode. Yeah, I'm glad we finally sat down to do this. I knew, I know we talked about this about a month or two ago about doing the acoustic episode because I think one of the big reasons that I wanted to do this episode was because I was playing through Horizon Forbidden West at the time. And uh-huh. mixed into a lot of those songs are the acoustic or is the acoustic guitar, especially in like the deserty areas. Now, we did an entire episode on Horizon Forbidden West, and I'm pretty sure I played the tracks on there that I wanted to potentially talk about here. So that's why I didn't pick anything from <laughs> yeah. that game. But that's another episode you can go back and check out or just soundtrack to explore in general if you like this sound, because there is a lot of that mixed in there. Um, but I'm glad we finally did this. I'm glad we did. Me too, man. Me too. And, uh, you know, I think I'm, I'm going to be on a little bit less this month. We talked about it. I think I'm going to be out uh, next week, which you don't usually tease what's coming up. But next week is a pretty big deal. Yeah, it's our uh, anniversary episode. We do it once a year. Yep. So made it to five whole years, which is pretty dang crazy. It is, man. I um, I've, I've, I'm about two and a half deep on very good music, and I'm not going to make it to five, but that's all right. <laughs> I'm going out on my own terms sometime here over the next couple of months. Shukapau and I have some some things planned that I'm kind of excited about. But, nice. But yeah, man, five years. I'm excited. I want to see if we can, now that, now that you're on the show and now that we're doing this pretty strongly and consistently, I want to see if we can make it to ten. I bet we can. If I'm still yeah, alive in five more years, which is freaking hit or miss <laughs> at this point. But yeah, I mean we're we're getting up there, man. You're, you're not as old as I am, though. No, but, but I feel like I'm older. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, we're gonna be. Uh, I'm I'm gonna be sending you some tracks. I'm gonna look over the uh, the list, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to pick out some tracks that I can remember hearing for the first time on this show. Well, that would be fun. And maybe maybe record a couple of things and uh, send them into you. Since I'm not sure, my next couple of weeks or weekends are gonna be kind of crazy. But that would uh, be fun. But after that, I will I will be back. Yeah, and we got, got a some... fun one for the week you come back. I can't wait. Yeah, to we do got that some one. fun stuff planned. Yeah, I can't wait if, to do uh, that one. If you liked our episode about movie based video games then you're gonna like the next one i'm, I'm here for so. yeah and this was this is a this is totally your idea this was this is something you came up with after that episode so i'm looking forward to researching this i've already started right i always do but i'm looking forward to finding even more stuff and then narrowing down that playlist um yeah it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of fun and i and i think for the episode next week I, I since i mean you mentioned it to me and i didn't really know what i wanted to do for the anniversary episode but I think we are just going to highlight some of our favorite stuff that we've played on this episode, on this podcast over the last five years. I think that's what we're going to cool, do. Sounds good, man. I know that it's going to be next to impossible to uh, to actually hook up with Frank and record, but he might have time to you know think back over some of the songs he picked. And he I'm going to reach out. I'm going to reach out and see if he wants to way. just record a, like a spot or something, right? And maybe pick a few tracks. And same thing for everybody out there. If you've been listening for several years, or even if you're a new listener. Um, if you've heard anything, discovered anything, had a favorite track that we've played before on the show, reach out. Let me know. Discord, 
Brian at leveldowngames.com. Twitter, Instagram. I don't care. I talk to everybody everywhere. Reach out to me. <laughs> let me know what you liked, and I'll make sure that's included if I can. I will try to refrain from uh, having you play Gathering Wood two weeks in a row. <laughs> no, that'd be amazing. <laughs> oh, man. It's such a great track. But you actually have the closeout track of the episode today. I do. I do have the closeout track here. Um, real quick, uh, I know you mentioned it at the top of the show, and I talked about a couple of things, but um, every month I do record a um, another podcast with my buddy, The Dyad, uh, who is a lawyer. We talk about legal movies, our, our, um, our podcast is called The Movie Bar. We just released, uh, as we record this, actually on th- this same day, just released our latest episode, which is about A Time to Kill, starring Samuel L. Jackson and Matthew McConaughey. Nice. So if, uh, yeah, if you're if you're interested, go check that out. It ran a little bit long, but it was a really good conversation. We talk about some some current events and some uh, a similar case that actually has popped up in in the last uh, the last year or so. So there's some there's some cool stuff there but but yeah that's uh that's my my last plug for the episode <laughs> i do have our closeout track and uh another vocal track which i'm really excited about all the vocals in this episode uh, acoustic guitar always makes me think of that so uh taking they go us hand out in hand. they go hand in hand yeah of the episode um we're gonna listen to another track that i know you are familiar with uh, this is the poet and the muse from alan awake released may 18th 2010 and composed by the old gods of asgard mm-hmm. which is an actual real band old gods of asgard is their like video game name and they use this to get around some like licensing issues because <laughs> of the of the fact that they're signed to a label but it's actually right. the band Poets of the Fall, which I became a huge fan of after their work with Remedy on the Max Payne series. And I, dude, I just like Remedy. I'm a big Sam Lake fan, so I, I like everything that he does. I control when, you know, I, I played that one track that I think Alex Messenger fell in love with on BG Mania after Control came out, and then he played it on his show like a week later. Um, <laughs> That's always the best. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, man. It's I, so good. When... I don't remember if I, I think I did have this saved on the playlist uh, because I had, I had an acoustic playlist of my own that I was, I was kind of keeping for a while. And uh, so it it was serendipitous when you brought this up because I didn't have a whole lot on that list, but I started adding more to it after you mentioned we'd be doing this. I had this saved on something or other. I'm sure I heard it on some podcast at some point because otherwise I don't know how I would have heard it before and I actually had thought it was this one so I was surprised when I found out you guys hadn't played this yet it's a really really cool song and I'm I'm excited to close it out because we're going to close out our acoustic episode with some really really awesome shredding electric guitar yes the last like <laughs> minute and 10 seconds of this track dude it starts acoustic right yeah. it's nice and peaceful Absolutely. and slow but then it just literally that electric guitar kicks in and it's going to it's going to bring us back into into the world of being plugged in, right? We unplugged for a bit, and we're plugging back in the end. I'm keeping the music loud, for sure. Uh, hell yeah. <laughs> as, uh, as Yuzo Koshiro says uh, now, keep the music playing and keep it loud. <laughs> oh, man. This is a good track. Make sure you stick. It's a long track. I might be. It might actually be the longest track we have on the episode today. It actually is looking at the playlist. So yeah. definitely stick around and listen to the whole thing. It is absolutely fantastic. But I think that's going to bring us Once to the again, close of the show. 
Yeah. Unless you have anything else you want to mention before we get out of here. I think that's it, man. Once again, we're going to be listening to The Poet and the Muse from Alan Wake, composed by the Old Gods of Asgard, or as uh, they're popularly known, the Poets of the Fall. Yep. So go ahead and stick around. That is unfortunately going to bring us to the close of the show. We do want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania made possible by RPGera.com. If you like video game music and more importantly, you like us and want to help grow the show, check the description box for ways you can do just that, including a link to join our Discord community. Click it, join it, and interact with us. I'm not going to make you say it again, Bedroth. You already said it twice. Keep the Man, music Man, I always forget. And keep it loud. <laughs> Mm-hmm.